Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 25th of November, 2022. It's a Friday. This is the COB. All the stuff you need to know about the week in markets and economics and plenty more besides. I'm Nadine Blaney. And I'm Andrew Gagan. Nadine, how are you going? How's your week been? The week's been good. It has flown by. I mean, Mm. I missed Monday, but... I mean, I was obviously a good luck charm for this market this week. Uh, today, a big lackluster, but over the five trading days, up by about one and a half percent. I always find days like this on the local market fascinating because we haven't had that lead in yeah. from the states because they had Thanksgiving Day holiday. So we've got to stand on around two feet. Um, but so interesting then to, as to where the market has gone. Uh, you look across the board, I'm just looking at the heat map, uh, it's very red in the resources sector and Mm -hmm. elsewhere, well, and along with energy as well, elsewhere is green and and that looks as though we're going to end up uh, higher. But uh, quite a bit of profit taking, particularly in the lithium sector too. Mm -hmm. I had a chat with Gemma Dale from Nabtrade today and she said that Nabtraders are selling this rally and particularly there's been a lot of activity in the miners, in BHP uh, in particular. She said, you know, on days that we have seen sell downs in lithium they have been bought but for the most part this is a sell the rip scenario also just interesting while i think of it um whitehaven coal so yesterday you know that there was ceo selling of shares and Mm. the share price was down by about oh i think it was seven percent and she said on that day so thursday yeah nab traders went in and bought whitehaven coal so still looking for you know potential opportunities in this commodity cycle, which makes me think of an interview earlier this week with Todd Warren from uh, Tribeca Investment Partners, Andrew. Um, you know, he's he's still looking at that commodities complex very favorably, even though we're seeing still demand destruction coming through in China. And I suppose those COVID numbers have been a big story of the week as well. Yeah, because we're still scratching our head as to what's going on in China. Yeah, the COVID doesn't look bad. Um, well, it doesn't look good, I should say. Those restrictions seem to be increasing. You've got to say there's got to be a policy pivot there at some time because clearly this is not working for them. COVID zero, are they going to drop it next year? Well, you would have to say that. I mean, that would clearly um, be good for the economy, but they have to get COVID under control. What I think is interesting when it comes to China as well is the social piece, social unrest. We're seeing those really dramatic images of workers at the Foxconn, for example, factory, Mm. who are protesting being locked down. The key to power in China is social cohesion. And yeah, I just wonder when, I I know that it's clearly not an open and free society, but when do people just think that they've had enough of that? I don't know. I suppose health still, you know, health concerns still reign supreme. I mean, Andrew, we've had a lot of guests 
falling victim to COVID as, as well. You know, this is this is not over. Yeah, although I was, I was looking at the figures today, it looks as though we might be past the peak in the latest outbreak. But then, of course, we've we'll got to look forward to the next one as well. In fact, that reminds me, I do need to have my booster shot ahead of Christmas. That would be wise, wouldn't it? That would be, especially considering you're planning on getting on a plane. I'm yeah, sure you don't yeah, mind me sharing true. that with the world. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I was back in Canada for a week or so and um, – yeah, people I was speaking to there were shocked that I haven't had my fourth shot. And in fact, they're on their fifth mm. and they've already had their flu shot as well. So, uh, yeah, I think that the foot's been taken off the pedal a little bit. Anywho. Yeah, well, I mean, in regards to China, interesting, I um, spoke to a number of people this week, including John Freeman from CFRA. He's fairly positive, in fact, um, on some of those uh, US-listed China stocks, um, such as Baidu mm-hmm. and Alibaba. He's saying there's good potential there. So he's obviously looking through all those current problems, but looking at a at a decent reopening next year. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's ways to make money in this market. I had a conversation with Sam Kosh from Wilson Asset Management today, and uh, he said that it is very term, you know, tumultuous out there. So where do you find alpha? And uh, what he was talking about in terms of strategy was really focusing in on those companies that have a turnaround taking place, whether that be via a new CEO or, you know, via some sort of a, you know, change in strategy. He, he mentioned Tabcorp um, in relation to the lottery corporation business being spun out and where the sort of upside could potentially be for the, for, uh, for Tabcorp. And the other company that we ran the ruler over was Boral with the new CEO there. So that's available via the show notes if anybody wants to go in and take a listen. I thought it was a good chat and, you know, just, just to sort of get this, the strategy piece, um, you know, like lots of opportunity out there in a lot of these beaten down names. Yet is it too early? I um, had a conversation with um, Robert Swift from Delft Partners this morning. Uh, he, was sort of, he was focused on the States um, looking at earnings there, which he's saying EPS there still way too high. Mm. Um, look, the, he's saying the, uh, the economy's holding up, spending's holding up, but he says at the same time, um, consumers are drawing down heavily now on their, their savings, which he says are potentially perilous. And that, therefore, is likely to flow into a hit on earnings. And so he's pretty negative, certainly in the next six months, um, as to where US stocks are going. And he says, you know, to a, to a degree, the same could apply here as well. So he's still being extremely cautious. Yeah, I had my ear tuned into that interview, Andrew, when it was going live. It is available online if you would like to listen to that, anybody out there. But uh, yeah, interesting to see he's talking up cash, you know, holding mm. cash. And uh, yeah, it's something that's come through in a few interviews that we've been doing this week. Um, so at an index level, relatively lackluster today, up on the week, always good to see. Some uh, good stories out there today. Uh Tyro yesterday held its AGM and updated. Morgan's today saying that its renewed focus on profitability is encouraging. And shares today in Tyro, one of the better performers, up by 6%. Nanasonics is another company that has uh, done pretty well today. Some director buying there. EML. So EML was the stock of the day, up by 17%. Albeit, it comes with a caveat. You know, it's been hit very, very, very hard over the past year or so. And uh, news coming from the AGM that it's got a new chair. So David Liddy has been appointment chairman of EML. 
Um, we've got uh, Peter Martin stepping down. He has been at the helm for the past 10 years. So that's a new development since the call was recorded this afternoon. But uh, take a listen to what our expert guests, Philip Pepe from Sean Partners and uh, Luke Winchester from Meriwether Capital had to say about EML's fortunes going forward. I wouldn't buy it today because of the appropriate buzzwords we use, but that's easy to say, let's see some execution. Right. And a lot of regulatory risk. We don't know what they're going to get hit with and how much it's going to cost. Right. However, uh, paper talks about being an acquisition target and the board historically swatting away would-be suitors at valuations much higher than today's share price. If there's any truth in that and the regulatory issues get resolved, you'd think one or two of those suitors might come back. When it no longer goes down on bad news and in fact does the opposite, it's sometimes a sign of that, that bottom nearing on the share price anyway. The fundamental turnaround is still in the very early stages, as, as Phil said. A lot of buzzwords in that announcement, tangible actions, not many have been taken. Um, to your point on the new CEO, we'll wait and see how good she is, but the one thing she does have is a background in, in regulatory and compliance. That's so important no, that's for good. where they are, yeah. And so I think there's a, a bit of confidence there that if she's gonna stick around, Obviously, it's probably taken a few months to really dig into what's going on. You've now come to the AGM and you can be more certain about where you are, what you need to do and, and that plan moving forward. So, so Andrew, EML, look, um, long-suffering shareholders, obviously there's a little bit of optimism baked into the price today mm -hmm. up by 16, let's call it 17% this Friday. On the flip side, today we had a trading update from city chic that's been pretty ugly yeah down around uh, 25 26 percent on the day uh it is that that retailer and clearly that is a sector of concern particularly as we go into christmas and of course we're talking to you on black friday yeah. <laughs> i had a chat with Stuart roberts from pitt street uh, research today he reckons that some of these retailers that have been just dumped uh, because of all the concerns about rates, you know it, consumer spending, all of that. He thinks that there's some bargains to be had. He named three of them actually, going by memory, Michael Hill, Premier Investments, and also Universal Stores. We've had a lot of information coming from these retailers this week. You know, just think yesterday, Kogan, mm. McScally, uh, Harvey Norman. Universal. Yeah. Uh, yes, um, as well, yeah. So, and the share prices of those companies yesterday, uh, you know, did pretty well. Harvey Norman was the exception, um, but yeah, City Chic, City Chic today down, Andrew by twenty five, twenty six percent. So, um, what do we look forward to? In fact, uh, well, this week, of course, we had those minutes from the Fed mm -hmm. and overnight ECB as well. Um, you know, clearly investors were buoyed by what they heard from the Fed that they may well slow that that pace of tightening. Different story with the ECB. They're going to keep their foot down on the brake. Yep. Um, given what is going on with inflation in Europe at the moment. You get, I mean, almost counterintuitively, you look at what's going on in the share market in, say, the UK and in the Eurozone. It's been doing extremely well the last couple of months. Mm -hmm. uh, look, it... it it's a watching brief, uh, to say the least, when it comes to central banks and rates. I mean, this week, the RBNZ going 75 yep. basis points, our central bank sounding very relaxed. You know, I talked to Tim Baker from Deutsche Bank today. 
He reckons there will be a 25 basis point hike in December, but only because, you know, the RBA doesn't want to be seen to be doing nothing. They've got January off. But well, it's and, an well, on that on that fact, I spoke to uh, Warren Hogan from EQ Economics. He's of the opinion they should do fifty at oh, the next yeah. meeting, just because they're going to miss. Obviously, January is out, and he's still concerned that perhaps um, you know inflation is still entrenched, and we may not have seen the peak. Warren was pretty fiery today. He was. Um, I made the mistake. Oh, it wasn't a mistake. It was. Into, I, I prodded him in regards to the review of the uh, of the RBA. And the opinion of some perhaps ex board members who are now academics, and he went off. Yeah. He said, all very well <laughs> for them to sit in their ivory towers, uh, check out what's going on in the real world. Uh, so, just that's, as that's far up as. online, so, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, check that out, that interview with Warren Hogan. Um, look, he always speaks his mind, and that's why we love him for it. Uh, but uh, very opinionated just as far as the mandate of the RBA is concerned and what it should be targeting, uh, because there are so many opinions now. Given it's seen that perhaps they got it wrong, uh, it's uh, it's ongoing uh, commentary. So uh, look, everyone's got an opinion on uh, on central banks. Yeah, well, we didn't have a yeah. I mean, we didn't have a lot of economic data because all these banks be saying that they're data dependent this week. But we get a lot next week. Well, yeah, in the states yeah. in particular. But yeah. also here we get retail sales, so that'll be interesting. CPI. We get some of those. Yeah, yeah, inflation. Yep. We get some of yeah. the the data that feeds into the GDP read as well. And then in the U.S., huge. Um, you know, the list is long, but capped off. We're already at jobs data, non-farm payroll mm. week next week. And yeah, that's a clincher, busy. certainly ahead of the next uh, Fed meeting yeah. early next month. Yep. So, you know, we're not going to be short of a conversation next week, I don't think, on the macro front at least. All right. Well, probably not a bad way to, to leave it yeah. then as we look forward to the next week. So uh, enjoy your weekend. See ya.